Hey, welcome to my podcast. My name is Dr. Brendan McCarthy. I am the Chief Medical Officer of Protea Medical Center in Chandler, Arizona. Thank you so much for tuning in to my podcast. Uh, I want to start off by saying today's episode was something I've talked about a little bit in the past, but it came up in practice again yesterday. And 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 Justin and I were talking. Uh, Justin, again, you know, if you don't know and until now, if you haven't heard, Justin is our producer, and so he does. He's our videographer producer. Uh, so we were talking about these episodes, and again, I don't want to repeat myself, so I don't want you to be watching all these episodes. And be like he talked about an episode previously, and he's repeating himself. I'm aware of that. Sometimes, though, we were talking. It's important to reiterate a fact and become more precise with it. And I think this one's important to circle back to because it's so big and it affects your lives so much. What really I see affect women is a handful of things, a lot of things in medicine. One of the things is when they give you something and they don't really tell you the fact that um, it's going to have side effects or something bad happening to you. They don't really trust you to know that, I think. They just give you the pill. They just give you the medicine. That sounds awful when I say it that way. I know that. But if you think about it, when I was five years old, women were not allowed to open up a bank account without their husband signing for it first. In 1974, before 1974, women were not allowed to open their own bank accounts or apply for credit without their husband co-signing for that. That's 50 years ago. So in some ways, <laughs> we're still struggling. That wasn't that long ago. It's shocking. I remember my wife and I were talking about it over the weekend. It's shocking. So medicine still has a lot of things that are wrong with it when it comes to you. And the trauma that you experience at the hands of medicine a lot of times, me just doing a single episode, not going to fix it. I know it. And, and I also know that it's important to circle back to things and to reemphasize them and to validate what your feelings are and your experiences are. Do you guys remember the birth control pill, Yaz, Yasmin, those two guys? Remember when people were getting birth control pills and there was an uptick in suicide? Do you remember that? early 2000s into mid 2000s before 2010 that I was watching it in my practice of women on Yaz, Yasmin and, and other forms of oral contraceptives. It was having higher suicidal ideation. So many women are put on oral contraceptives and many of you have been on that. And, and some of you have taken oral contraceptives and still are, and you're fine. And, but many of you take it and, you know, you don't feel right. And some of you, it's so severe. Maybe you don't go to the point of suicide, but you are not good. That's traumatic. Let me pause for one second because I need to say something to you. Because whenever I talk about birth control, I, I know I keep coming down against oral contraceptives. I want you to know, please, there is, can be no ambiguity with what I'm about to say. Please know this is a fact. I am not against oral contraceptive for women. I'm not against contraceptives for women at all. That's not what I'm here to do. 
I am not here to fulfill an agenda against birth control for women. I'm not here even to support a birth control agenda at all. That's not my job. That's not my job. It's not my role. My job as your doctor, as a doctor and a doctor with my patients, is to be there for their health. I would say as a person who's a physician who cares for patients, a person who follows science and, and you know practicing medicine is, is a scientific field. The lack of research in generating a new oral contraceptive for women is pathetic. They've just parking you on this and the side effects have not gone away or changed. They have not improved it. You still have the same problems taking oral contraceptives as you did years ago. They're a little bit better, but they're still the same problem. Okay? They have not changed it. So my bone to pick with contraceptives is not birth control for women. It's the fact that they're giving you something that is just barbaric. They could do better. We could do better. You know what I mean? We have a Hadron Collider, right? Where they're able to spin things up beyond speed of light or something. You know what I mean? They do crazy stuff in science. We spend so much money. Why aren't we spending even a fraction of it on something like this for women? So that's the bone I have to pick with, with birth control. Back to the topic at hand. So women would take birth control and affect their brain chemistry so profoundly, creating anxiety, depression, not feeling good, suicidal ideation on birth control. That is a traumatic experience for them. And some of it was so bad, it sticks with them. I was in clinic with a patient just this past week and I'm going through her chart and I'm saying, okay, you know, as soon as we sit down with each other, you know, how is everything? Are you, are you continuing the protocol we started you on? How is that going? You know, she's not taking the progesterone. She stopped taking my progesterone. I only prescribe oral micronized progesterone, bioidentical, naturally occurring progesterone. That's the only thing I prescribe in my practice ever. Okay. So she said she didn't want to take it. You know, like, why? You know, let's talk about this. When I wrote the prescription, I wanted her to take her progesterone day 18 to day 28 of her cycle. So that's the last half of her cycle. And my goal was to bolster up what she made and give her enough to kind of get to a, a therapeutic level of progesterone in her body that help with anxiety, help with sleep, to help her feel right. When I wrote take day 18 to day 28 of your cycle, so she saw that word cycle and she thought hormone, she immediately thought that I'm putting her on something similar to the birth control she was prescribed a decade and a half previously. That made her go crazy. And when I say made her go crazy, it's almost like a, you went crazy, you know? No, it's not the good, funny kind. Like it's made her lose peace, sense of self. When you take something and it throws you off like that, it's a very um, vulnerable place to be in. So she didn't want to take the progesterone because she thought it was the same as the birth control she took previously. So I want to make sure you guys are aware of this. There are several types of progesterone-like chemicals available that are being prescribed. There is what I use, which is bioidentical, it has the same molecular structure of what you make in your own body. It's natural. 
Then there's medroxyprogesterone acetate or any one of those other synthetic variations, which is when they take the progesterone, they add other groups onto it so they can patent it and they can say it's ours. Any hormone that's naturally occurring like the one I use and that resembles exactly the human version, you cannot patent. You can't patent anything God made. Anything naturally occurring in the world, you cannot patent. So a pharmaceutical company doesn't want to touch those because you can't make money on it because you can't own it. So what you do instead is you make a version of it that you can patent and you can own. That's yours and you make the money for it. So when they use medroxyprogesterone acetate or these other synthetic versions, they own it. Now the problem is the molecular structure is different. When you take a synthetic progesterone with your birth control, it has none of the benefits that natural progesterone has to the brain. This is very important. So when a woman takes oral contraceptives, the benefit she's going to have is going to stop her having a cycle normally, like with ovulation and and an egg being released. She may still have menstruation, but it's not an actual cycle in the sense of reproduction. She may have some, some reduction in the lining of the uterus, bringing that back down. That happens as well. So for women with very heavy periods, that sort of thing, okay, that works there. What it doesn't do, the synthetic progesterone, is it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier and convert into something called allopregnenolone. Now, allopregnenolone is the compound your brain needs to prevent anxiety, to prevent depression. Your brain needs allopregnenolone. It's a neurosteroid, but it comes from your body's natural production. And if you shut it down with the synthetic birth control, because that's what synthetic birth control does, you won't make it anymore. So what happens to these women, these young ladies, because they're, they're the ones that are getting hit with this are in their 20s, early 20s. And I've become old, so I can call people in their 20s, young ladies and young boys <laughs> I said, it happens. Everyone warned me it's going to happen. You're going to get older. It happened. And I got to laugh because I was a cry. What happens is they take that and they suppress their natural production of progesterone. And now they don't have any anti-anxiety naturally occurring in their brain. And no matter what, their brain moves in that direction. They don't make as much of their monoamines, which you would know as serotonin, maybe. That's one of the ones. Melatonin is the other. And, and you'll see depression. You see the brain chemistry shifts so radically, they don't feel like themselves. You are never warned about this or really truly warned about this when you're taking it. They don't really walk you through it very much. They just put you on it. If it doesn't feel right, let me know. I'll change it to the other one. That's not really walking you through it. So in the case of my patient, I had to sit down with her and spend time, which I love to do. I don't resent this time at all, not even a little with her. And I sat down with her and I walked her through why I wanted to do it. I helped dispel the fears she had. I explained the pathways we're working on. I talked about the benefits of what we were going to do. I told her I'd reach out to her in a few days to make sure she's doing all right with it. And I did. And she is. The takeaway from this is that you are led through medicine sometimes in a system that doesn't always advocate for your wellness. And sometimes because of the reactions you've had to the medication and that leadership in medicine, where they've led you down this road, 
you become nervous about any future interactions. I deal with this every day in practice. I'll have women coming in and they're nervous about anything we do. And they want to do everything very slow, very gentle. I want you to know that that's okay. It's okay for you to be nervous. You're valid for what you went through. Having been treated like that, you deserve space. You deserve quiet and you deserve listening from your physician, your care provider. You need medicine. We all do. We need medical care at some point in our lives. You need medical care that you deserve and you can trust, you believe in. And when you're traumatized by it, it's hard to come back to it and trust it. The only way for us physicians to earn your trust is to be there and listen to you. So when you bring yourself back into a medical clinic, after having an experience like that, I want you to give yourself a permission slip to ask questions, to require patience from your physician. I want you to give yourself a permission slip to advocate for yourself. If my patient came back in my office six months from now and repeated the same thing to me, that she didn't take it because she was nervous because she had such a bad experience with birth, birth control, I'm going to spend as much time as she needs in that room to give her clarity and to feel safe. And if I have to do that every appointment for the next few years, I'll do it. But if I don't, after like a couple of visits, I got to work on my technique because I'm not explaining things very well at that point. There's a certain point where I, I should be able to explain it really well for them. You know what I mean? So I, there's that part too on my end. Your doctor needs to have, be smart enough to really explain it to you in a way that you, you, you can understand it. Don't forget that part. But just for you, still, you, you deserve, you deserve that space. It's in a, in a lot of ways, it's giving, we're being accountable to you. Where in the past, your experiences, we were not very accountable, the medical industry. So I hope this helps. I truly do. Um, your comments drive this podcast. So if you're on Instagram or if you're, you know, YouTube or wherever, Please, please like, share, subscribe, of course, but please give us a comment. I read them. Justin and I both read them. It helps us come up with what we're going to do. And uh, your stories really move me. And it makes me want to inspire more physicians to practice better for you. Because that's ultimately what we're trying to do here. Thank you very much. And I'll see you next time.